0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Still Growing Grace. Good to be with you today on a Wednesday morning. Uh, it's going to be beautiful this afternoon here in southern Ontario, Canada. And uh, I think we're going to have ice rain on Friday. So it's like, wow, we get uh, all these seasons all within one week. It's, it's kind of crazy. Um, Anyway, it's good to have you join today. I hope that today's topic, the last one of a four-part series, uh, will be really encouraging. If you watched last week, oh my goodness, it was good. This wrap-up is really good, so I'm hoping you'll enjoy it. And by the way, if you have topics that uh, um, you'd like discussed with someone or a guest I bring on, um, send me a message or email, actually, is the best. Just look up the details below in the description and uh, send me an email. Um, text messaging or messaging sometimes doesn't help because they'll get lost so send an email and then I can uh, get to it eventually and um, maybe there's a bunch of topics that resonate with me as well and um, we'll address them because we're all still learning we're still growing Um, I think it's a good one and I've you know many of these topics while I'm uh, I'm enjoying the conversation um, I'm not gonna let someone pigeonhole me into well this must be what you believe well back in the day, I used to do that. It's either this or that, but it's not. And it's really hard for some folks to understand that, um, uh, there isn't a black and white. I believe this therefore, um, because we're growing and our lens continues to change. One interaction with just one person somewhere will change your lens on a topic you've held, uh, deep beliefs about, and you were, it was non-negotiable. But then the Holy Spirit comes along and kind of knocks it off of its uh, little pegs and says, you know what, I'm going to give you another lens. And likely this will make you an even more loving person. Oh, and and the way you see my Heavenly Father is going to become even better. So be teachable, enjoy, and uh, trust the Spirit in you. And if the Spirit says no to something, you don't have to rub it in the other person's face and say, oh, that's wrong. Well, uh. I don't know. Uh, I am shocked at how much I've grown in the last couple of years. Just uh, in the area of dogma, that is, as in um, locking things in solid. Um, there are some topics and some teachers that I've heard that they've, they've touched on a certain topic. And it's like, uh, right now? No, nope. right now I can't go there. But I love their heart. They're good people. And I like some of the other stuff they teach. But that topic, not sure. I'm ready to to, uh, you know, add that wagon to my train. (laughs) So anyway, it's just, it's interesting. So we don't have to, we don't have to lock stuff in. But today, what is the gospel? Uh, Evangelism? How do we do it or shouldn't do it? I hope that this conversation will really encourage you. And uh, if you're ready to keep growing, you'll enjoy this conversation. So let's dive right in. Richard Murray and me having this conversation last week. uh, Bill Thrasher jumped in, but um, he couldn't stay for the second interview. And so let's just get right into it. You'll love it. Here we go. All right. Part two, uh, or actually this is part four. Uh, The one we just did was part three of this uh, evangelism. What is the gospel theme? And uh, I want to talk about just, just for a moment about the, the motive of the two types of gospels that we've talked about. So Richard, do, would you, do you want me just to jump in? And do my, you know, share what I think, or do you have a, a response first on what you think the motives are for why we share certain gospels?
1: Uh, you go
0: ahead. Okay. So in my mind, in light of the last conversation, it seems that if we share a gospel that if you, then God will mentality, if you believe this, then you, and then they begin with, you are separated um, like all of our wonderful chick uh, tracks and a lot of our evangelism programs that talk about, you know, it begins with you're separated and sinful. What a lovely way to start. Um, (laughs) Honestly, to me, the motive there is the system of a religion that wants you to conform to its rules. And I thought, oh my goodness, this is the Western church, but it's not. It's actually further back. In fact, it was Jesus' disciples when they're baptizing others, the other religious leaders saw what was going on. And listen to this, they counted and noticed that Jesus' disciples were baptizing more than their disciples. It's like, what? This has been going on for 2,000 years. So ulterior motive of why you share the gospel is it to grow your church, grow your ministry, raise funds, have an income. What is the motive? Uh, get into God's good graces, get blessed. Have you talked, you've grown up in that. I'm, I'm certain of it.
1: Yeah, I think, I think it, to put it in the simplest form for me, it's, it's a gospel of conditionality versus a gospel of unconditionality mm. now uh, and, and that's and, and you can all, all also say it's a gospel of a promise of a of a of a non-dualistic promise for, for all of us or it's a threat it's a promise mm. or a threat and my experience with the lord is one, one of those,
0: one, only one of them's good news
1: <laughs> yeah so yeah yeah and we <laughs> talked to in the last session about you know that that Jesus didn't call it partially good news, or for some of you it's good news. For others, it's you know they, the the Greek word is gospel. And in Luke four, when he declares his his ministry and his whole ministry posture, and there ain't a negative thing in it. It's all about healing and curing. He didn't get into duality, or else I'll do this, or else because yeah. he doesn't do any of those things. He just wants us to enter into our so greatest salvation, in knowing that we're we we are his. The whole man he saved the world. He saved the world. Salvador Mundi, that's the term. For God so loved the world. Uh, you know, it, now it, the only conditionality, if you and I don't even think you can call it conditionality, it's more a matter of timing, is when each individual uh, receives it and, and recognizes it and, and, and accepts it. But each individual will accept it because no one can overcome the love of God in the long run. In the short run, yes. But not, not in this age, not in this earth age and, or in the ages to come. The scripture promises that we will be purged. The false identity branches will be burned off of us. And, we'll, and then what will be left will be our true, our true cosmic uh, destiny as sons of the, and daughters of the most high God. Yeah, I, and, think
0: the, I think the ones who get most mad at that are the ones who have their system so tightly wound uh, to control the narrative. Those are the people that are going to be most mad at what you just said.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, I, you know what I liken it to, Mike, is, is, is a mortgage. You know, yeah. when, some, when you come to the Lord out of fear, okay, when, the, when fear is a big part of it coming to the Lord. Well, Boy, am I glad I did that so I wouldn't be destroyed forever. You know, so he wouldn't torture me forever. I'm so glad I made the right decision so Christ won't torture me forever. What? I mean, that's nuts. But we've but, said it. We've said but, it, but, but think, but think about the mortgage aspect. You're actually in the house. You're, you call yourself a Christian and you're in the house of God, you know, whatever that means. I mean, you're in the, you number yourself. I mean, you believe in Jesus. I mean, you, you recognize, you know, you recognize some aspect of a salvation, although it's misappropriated and twisted and distorted, you know, but you still have fear, but that mortgage has to be paid off. You never truly own it until you pay off the fear until you get rid of the fear until you evict the fear so and, and that's why you know what does it say about fear you know that the, the, you know that the fear is cast out uh that love casts out all fear so um i look at it as paying off a mortgage but here's the neat thing even if someone has a fear-based mortgage to where they're serving god out of fear is it toxic sure it's toxic but you know what in the middle of that fear our most beloved god is there still trying to minister to the person trying to offer baby step realizations, baby step, you know, just softening, just like he was with, with the people of Jesus, just like he was with the Old Testament saints. They didn't get it. Hey, we don't get it, largely, but I mean, we get some of it. And we have to be true to our generation that we may get more of what his salvation is. And I believe that's why hell is under attack right now, because there has been a, 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 an en mass rising of the tide um, a critical mass that's been hit where that's unacceptable with a good God. That view of an eternal conscious torturer is inconsistent with, with the image of God. So we are attacking it. I think it's wonderful. Yeah. And there's a lot of resistance and who are resisting us are the mortgage people.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: well, There's a mortgage here, you know, but, but, but we're preaching. There is no mortgage.
0: All right. Well, we're pre- a, I believe in a mortgage though. There's also an appendix with definitions, correct? Even in your legal documents, there's an appendix with definitions of words. If this word is used, this is what it means. But most have not read the appendix when it comes to the word repent, because I think it is so mistaken. That word, I think, is tripping up a lot of people, and they think it means stop sinning, uh, admit you're a sinner, uh, when repent means nothing of the sort. Um, you know, switch this, or it, it, there's an, an active behavioral change required when it comes to repent, according to the old system. So, but the definition of repent means what?
1: Yeah, change the way you think.
0: Yes, change the way you think. Then you'll experience the peace of Christ, which yes. then leads to a better word for gospel. <clears throat> I don't, if, if, I'm, may not be the right word better, but Another way to explain what we declare, we don't declare you're you're a sinner. We declare you are reconciled. The finished reconciliation has already taken place. And that stumps up a lot of people because they don't know what the reconciliation means. They they think it means, oh, uh, when I said the prayers, I think that happened to me then too.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes.
0: I think that's a big... Go ahead.
1: Yeah, well, it gets into what you said in the last session about there being three time aspects you know, we, we, it's hard to believe, but in in eternity, there's no past, present, and future. Eternity is one, it's a seamless robe of being. All right. So, you know, God simultaneously in all places at all times, and we're going to enter into that. And I can't even begin to imagine what that's like, you know, because we don't have anything to compare it to. Um, But, um, um, well, what was I saying? What was your what was your question? We were talking I mean, about the
0: we were talking about the word of reconciliation. Many folks don't even know what it means. That they, oh, oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that uh, so that reconciliation um, or repentance is just like you said, changing the word that uh, that we understand for repentance is just a change of mind that that that's not a work that's not a work of the flesh it's not a work a a command that you've got to think this way it's an invitation to a way of thinking a way that that becomes uh a way that becomes pliable in the lord's hands a way that becomes devotional a way that becomes soft a way that interacts with the holy spirit because really the truth of the gospel is that you become spirit led that is the focus of the gospel is that you become a spirit led and the spirit is every Fit as much a person as Jesus is. This is a personal and a prompting presence that we are engaging and connecting with and, and merging with and blending with. And that's the source. Now, the Lord knows where we're at and, and may let fear. I mean, if a guy reads a chick track and s- says a prayer and cries out to God from his heart, even though it may be fear, maybe there's mixture. You know, who cares? I mean, that's gonna, the Lord's gonna find him and fix him. I mean, I, I the external,
0: the external words aren't the key. It's the heart.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And then, and then, but, but we have to, you know, I always, th- those two words, spirit led, but then there's also spirit fed, you know, and what we hope is, and why people can become spirit, something can be spirit led. Um, but, but then, you know, we want we want to be spirit-fed. We want to live, abide by every word that comes out of the mouth of the prompting presence of Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. And that's available to us. And that's that's the gospel. That's part, the, you know, God, we, we've said it's a lot of things because it is a lot of things, but it's really only one thing, and it's Jesus. And there's no threat. There's only Jesus comes and says, again, sooner or later, I, I, you're all saved. And I want you all to pray that Heaven's will be done on earth as it's already been done in heaven. I've done it all. I'm in the heaven. I'm glorified. I'm in the heavenly places right now, but you are my vessels on this earth to you are vessels of realization. You we're, are called vessel. to,
0: we're called to believe it though.
1: Yes. Yes. Right? Cause if you yeah. don't believe it, it's no good. Yeah, exactly. And, and as we believe it, we then, we then impart it, just our being imparts it. it it's not in doctrine. Could, when it when it said thousands of thousands in the book of Acts, they weren't preaching some protocol. They weren't preaching a Chick track. Man, they were preaching the personal presence of Jesus. And, and when it says they accepted the word, they accepted the logos, That they accepted Jesus. You know, the whole thing is, is, is his presence. And, and you say, well, why do some people not recognize it? I don't know. All right. Mate. But I know that my belief and confidence from the spirit that I've been able to uh, hear is that they will believe it eventually. And then sooner, the better. And if I can facilitate it happening sooner, that's what we're here for. The sooner, the better. All right. But if it happened by somebody else later or at the other end of a tunnel or who cares in the next days to come after life, it's going to come. Because if I deny anybody that, then then Jesus's work isn't complete. And then our works matter. You know, and that just can't be the truth. There's too much that says that can't be the truth. But I want it
0: to be true because I want my crown. I want my jewels in heaven and all this ridiculously. Uh, it's, honestly, it's a selfish working of trying to earn something for yourself. That's your motivation for doing evangelism. And right. Like, right. There's something that's been missold. Yeah, so, you know, I love, I, I well,
1: love the verse in Hebrews that says, if you believe that God is and that he's a rewarder, but notice what it didn't say. It didn't say you you get to choose your reward. Mm-hmm. It's just knowing the kindness of the Lord as a rewarder. And that's when you get, can't get it in that dualistic thinking. When you, okay, yeah, the Lord's a rewarder. The opposite of that, he is, he's not a punisher, okay? Not in the way we use the word. He is a rehabilitator, all right? He is a protector. He does those things. But we keep wanting to bring the opposite into it, mm-hmm. you know, and it pollutes it. And so so when we say you know the, the the lord is this we just need to cut it off and not say he's not the, he's not the opposite
0: That's true. Because, yeah. Well that's called repentance though. When we're believing good news that God's actually good repentance is believing that. It's it's um, um, I think believe and repent are really connected. Their wagons are hitched because mm-hmm. we hear of a, of a better concept of who we believe God to be, which Jesus came to do. We started a program yesterday or this time with, you know, the gospel is Jesus and Jesus is just like God. I think Bill really hammered that. And to me, if you don't see that you better repent of your concept of God, mm. like, Rich. Just change your mind. He's better and bigger than we've ever dreamed of. I think that's where most believers have the hardest time because they they think they've arrived at a picture of who God is because of what they've been told and have not had to engage their minds to question it. And so I'm, I want to declare a better, better concept of who God is. And I think what you said last time about Paul speaking on Mars Hill, he didn't bash them for their faulty beliefs. He shared a better message, a better concept. You, you're bringing your photo album uh, with better pictures from angles nobody's seen.
1: Brilliant. I love that. I love that. And, and you know, it, it shows, it, it, and really what we're saying here is we can tell somebody of another faith, I, every I, we've talked about this before, but every faith will acknowledge there's a certain part of God that's inscrutable. You know, in other words, there's a God they don't know. Everyone has a temple to the unknown God. All we're proposing is the part of you, if you say you know God fully, you know that that's between you and God. But if you'll but acknowledge that you've said a dozen other times and a dozen other sacred scriptures and meetings that God is inscrutable, that there's a portion of God that we just don't a mysterious part of it that we don't understand. But if you'll just acknowledge, okay, well, we know who that God is. We know who the mysterious God is. And we're not attacking your gods or attacking what you think you know about God, or even that you don't indirectly know him, or just that you know him maybe by some other guys or whatever. I mean, I'm not, I'm not even going there. There's no need to go there. But just that Jesus, let me tell you, give you a good picture. I love what you said. A good photograph, a clearer photograph of, of Jesus as the unknown God. That part within us, that vacuum within us. That, w- that wants to know God better and that wants to know this aspect of God i just you know but the point is he's already come to save you there's nothing you there's you know there's nothing you can do to reject him not ult- not ultimately not finally so you know I'm just we're trying to get to share him and we want to hear what you have to say and maybe in, in hearing what you have to say and maybe I've, I've grown in this in some area i used to would do this number if someone tried to share another religion with me you know i, I, I think know away. get away from me But now I welcome it. Now I welcome it. There's nothing to be intimidated by. And that doesn't mean you waste your time if someone's not willing to engage in a dialogue, but we have to be willing to engage in a dialogue. And maybe connect them. They might say something that might let us connect to Jesus. Well, that's how we see Jesus. You know, we see Mm -hmm. Jesus at that point. And maybe we just have a different angle on it. But we believe, now, you know, there's a lot of dualism in other religions, and we gotta deal with that. There's a lot of threat, you know, there's a lot of threat consequences and things like that. That's what makes us different, really, when you think about it. We don't have any threats, not, mm-hmm. not in its pristine form. Well, we have a hell of a lot of threats in its unpristine form. Yes. <laughs> you know, but that's, that's what has always, I can, I, you know, I can say this, that I have never, when I've been angry or threatening or telling someone they were facing eternal hellfire, I have never once felt the prompting of the Spirit, and I've never once felt the pleasure of the Spirit, mm-hmm. okay? I know a famous guy that wrote a book trying to. Uh,
0: but this Christians who'll slap your back on saying, good job.
1: Yeah, yeah. It need the yeah. spirit. And, and, you know, I, I know a guy, he's a famous, I don't want to bring up any names, but he's a famous guy, but he wrote a book, you know, advocating for hell after all this universalism stuff has come out. And you know what I saw in the interview? He said, I felt so sick when I wrote this book. I just felt sick and nauseous. And I said, well, you know, take that word that goes. You need to think, why? Why, Lord? Were you feeling the pleasure of the Lord in that? Even if it was a pleasure of you've done a, you've done a difficult thing, but you, you still feel the pleasure of the Lord in it, that you've been obedient. And yet all he felt was nauseous. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, when we, when we preach the gospel, the one thing that I don't see anywhere is that it makes you nauseous. <laughs> no.
0: No, it's supposed to bring joy, love, peace, celebration. And we need to leave room for the Holy Spirit to do work, um, helping people process what may be shared. Like sometimes in our Western culture, we think we, we're trying to close the deal like a salesman. And if we don't see this deal closed, then we've done a poor job and our dealership's going to hurt. And we're, we're a poor dealership if we can't close the deals that mentality is not the church. We're just supposed to love who is there and around us. And there's enough evidence in the scriptures to show us who needs more love. You know, like there are people that are less love, love, easy to love. They're the ones who need it more. And so we're usually trying to cherry pick who we support and Hey, if I help this person to help me then step on in my journey too. So it's very ulterior motive driven. And if we can only pause and, question wait a minute what's my real motive is my reason that i'm doing this or having this conversation um about loving this person without any ulterior motives if there's an ulterior motive that should be a flag and ask the holy spirit to remove that flag and remove the ulterior motive so it's pure love without trying to manipulate it's just
1: Um, i could not agree more you know notches on the belt. that mentality I mean, I came up with a whole evangelism program after going to Bullet Creek. I mean, I had a notebook. I had a notebook and everything. Yes.
0: I still have it on my shelf.
1: (laughs) I had protocols. I had protocols. You know, but this is what we do with that. that Flow charts of stuff like that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, who is it? uh, Was it Tillich or whoever said, uh, I forget who it is, who burned when he had a moment. He'd written all these books. And uh, he had a moment of epiphany when he really was in the Lord's presence. He, and he saw his books all in a wheelbarrow being burned, you know, and, and he never wrote another book. And I, I, you know, that's the story I heard anyway about this particular theologian. But I mean, it, it, it'll rock your world when you really see. I mean, I, I don't, you know, I used to be, you think a lot about writing books and things like that. And I've written a few, but I've never written them for mass anything. I just write because it was in me to write. But in the beginning, I'll admit, you know, I was wanting to do this and and have this little library of books and do all this. And it's all I could do to just keep up with the spirit now. And (laughs) Facebook is a great vehicle for me because, you know, you can see what you posted a year ago and then update it, you know, edit it when you see it on your memory. Or (laughs) (laughs) delete. I've hated, you know, whose rhetoric I hate more than any other is my own from earlier days. You know, when I sounded so confident about, you know, various things, I just know God is bigger, better, brighter than any of us can imagine. But yet we do need to try to imagine it because imagining it is believing it. That's yeah. what you're what you were saying about believing it. believing it is not, you know, people will trust in the law. But I don't I don't think that that's belief, not no. in the way Jesus was teaching. There's belief. no belief was,
0: required. Yeah, It's not required. But if if you believe in the law, you have a written code. You don't need faith. You just read the paper. You follow the things. You don't look up at anyone or look to anybody for understanding. It's all prescribed, written.
1: Yeah. And it keeps you away from God. You know, James says it ends up replacing him. Because James said if you violate one one aspect of the law, the whole wrath of it comes down on you. And I don't even fully understand that. But I know it's bad Mm -hmm. (laughs) because because that's the point of it. No one can keep the law. You can't keep a laundry list. No one has, and we don't even understand it. If we think about things as a laundry list, you know, I, and, and it just, it's so unorganic. This whole thing about uh, is about the organic nature, the, the organic ontology of God, which is Jesus. He's the mm-hmm. organic ontology. This is a living, and we so we, you know, Bill was talking about subjective and objective in the last thing, but I mean, it's it's like we we so objectify God into an it. We mm-hmm. objectify gospel into an it. I've joined it. I've joined the institutional church is it, a building where we talk about other it's. Mm -hmm. And then we, we, we mention people being it's. How many of you converted brother? Oh, well you you say you're a Christian. Well, how many of you led to the Lord brother? You know, and all that kind of nonsense. I I don't think you should even know who, who would count that sort of thing. I mean, if you're counting how many people you've led to the Lord, you're messed up. Yes. (laughs) Just do it yeah speak what's in your heart to do if you want to share jesus i mean my my, my spiritual dad he loved jesus and you you would love the way he evangelized he, he he you know he'd be sitting at a table he'd smile at a waitress and uh and and just uh ask about her and then say are you born again and oh but you know what he didn't do it he said born again instead of born again it did not even matter but he made it sound like a vanilla ice cream cone you know i mean like hey have you heard about this ice cream cone? <laughs> that's fine. And that was it. I mean, it was just, and even though I might not like some of the terminology, that didn't even matter. His spirit was just so mm. peaceful. And there was no track mentality or threat mentality ever, wow. ever. He was doing was always about showing you the benefits of God. Hey, let me show you a benefit there I had my life about God and how it's changed me and helped me. You know, so, and that's
0: it. There's no- so that culture that he was in, that was normal. That was acceptable. And I think today, 2022 the culture has radically changed and what has not changed is the church culture of the in crowd and that that seems to be still back in that in that world of in club where I think our world culture loves to engage in spiritual conversation but we have corny goofy language that the world has no clue anymore and it's like wait yeah. a minute. There, there's something that's disconnecting us and Jesus hung out with everybody so he knew how to talk to them we don't anymore. Might, I'm not saying we, you and me, but I'm saying if we're so churched and only doing church things and we're at church all week, all the time, there's a weird bubble you're in and you can't experience what the rest of, I'd say your neighbors are thinking and how they think. And you can not even compare how crazy yours might sound until you begin to engage naturally. That's why I like doing my chaplaincy because I'm in all kinds of circles of people and I'm I'm learning. So I don't know.
1: Well, that's it very profound what you just said I mean I, I look back at my early days as a Christian for being a baby Christian on and then and, and I can say the Lord's been faithful to keep me moving always evolving into something else but I can also see everything you just described was I was in an isolated I was in an isolated thing that was oversimplified mm-hmm. you know and I've, I've shared it many times that Einstein said make things as simple as possible but not simpler and I think institutional Christianity it's it, it's primitive. It sounds simpler than possible, and if these words, grace and faith, if you don't catch on to them, they don't—they cease to have any meaning. It's just you—you you just sit there. These are words we use to placate each other and to and and to help our numbness, you know. And a lot of and I'm looking back, I can say I, I was I was not alive to the to the pain of others and to the alternate, you know, alternate views and to the ideas and and to uh, just being in, you know the implications of things we do. You know, I, I was in my little holy huddle, you know, and I wasn't being challenged. Being organic with each other is challenging. Yep. But you know what? It, the Holy Spirit loves challenge, And that's where we can use the David and Goliath story. I'm not going to let this Goliath challenge intimidate me. I don't know, you know, God's been with me before through all my mistakes when I was out in the field and, you know, uh, he protected me from lions. And now, now that I'm where all the other people are, you know, I'm, I'm out in the wilderness you know, that's one thing. But now I'm about a bunch of people, you know, and enemies trying to kill us and armies and brothers making fun of me, you know, and, and people accusing my motive, you know, but yet he goes and he, and he slays Goliath. And that's what we need to do. Repentance is slaying the Goliaths, you mm-hmm. know, that would try to keep us paralyzed because that's all those troops were paralyzed. All those Israelis for 40 days, I think they were paralyzed with fear when Goliaths would come out. Mm-hmm. And it just makes you wonder how people, how hell, for instance, or threats, you Know that, that Goliath threat comes out there and keeps everyone paralyzed. We we believe in God, yes, yeah, rah, rah, we're ready to go fight, but then we hear that threat of hell and we just we're paralyzed. And then here comes a little shepherd boy, and the shepherd boy in our case being Jesus, and he, he goes out on the field, I'll deal with it. So the <laughs> he, the, par-
0: the paralyzed part prevents people from then engaging correctly. They it yes. prevents them from questioning it it's they're stuck in fear now because of the little bit they've that's been already told to them and so when we talk about the good news what paul said on mars hill he declared the love of god and i think that's the simplest form if you can't if you don't see god as god is love and Jesus is love and Jesus is just like God, the father, God, the father is just like Jesus, the Holy spirit. They're exactly the same in essence and purity and kindness and goodness. Then your gospel is, I think so incomplete. That's just a sum up.
1: Yeah. And it's, um, uh, and I guess one, one last comment. I meant to say it last time is, uh, we've all, I mean, this has been incredible. The last, this, ses- that earlier session in this one, but if we could just understand, I think, that, you know, John says that, that Jesus, the word, the logos, is the light that lights every person who comes into the world. It, it's not, they're not lightened when, enlightened when they hear the gospel with their ears. They, they're born with light. They're born with the light of Christ in them. He is the light that lights every man, every person, it says. So if he lights every person, he's already in us, all right? But, but people don't know that he's there and people don't recognize it. And there's, there's an obstruction that's going on in our thinking. And our thinking, and to a degree our emotions, but our thinking ob- obstructs our ability to recognize that. Uh, the, you know, I always, I, I know it's, it's just a, a metaphor, but I think there's some truth to it that our gut is where our spirit, you know, that's the closest touch point to our spirit. And then you got our heart, that's sort of the doorway between the mind and the spirit, You know, it it flips either way, though. The heart can flip up with the mind and just be trapped in poor thinking. And then, you know, and then it desiccates our lives. Or it can be down, the heart can be down in the spirit, you know, open the hinge that way. And then the spirit can come up and start renewing our thoughts and that sort of thing. And I'm not saying that's exactly, I don't want to oversimplify it either. But that's just Mm -hmm. a metaphor that we can use, a metaphor, you know, to use to. The metaphor is great.
0: It also means then if you don't believe there is light in someone else, then your belief is hindering how you judge them completely because I I now see the light in all people. So when I speak, I try to speak to the light that's already in them. And if that light in them is darkness, how great is that darkness? Jesus said that Um, That my mind, when I'm doing funerals or sermons, I want to speak to the light when I'm kind to somebody out in the public, I want to speak to the light. If I'm going to share Jesus, I want to share something that's not even religious, but their light will recognize something is true. Yes. It's not for us to figure it out and, and close the deal.
1: You just had an epiphany. That right there is pure epiphany. That is one of the most powerful things I have ever heard what you just said, mm. because we try to preach to the darkness in yeah. somebody and, and, and instead of preaching to the light and ignoring the darkness and finding the light in them so that the light can start to blossom from within, man, i tell you what, you, you have to develop that. I mean, I, me too, but I mean, we, we need to develop that idea. About preaching to the light, I, I heard a conference the other week about uh, uh, that. Uh, Mercy Aiken and uh, Brad Jerzak were involved in where the different sacred scriptures and p- people, you passionate people from each of the faiths, coming together. And I was so proud of how they did. I mean, I want to I, see they,
0: that? I haven't seen that yet, but I'd like to.
1: But it was awesome. But they were they were talking to the light that was in the others.
0: Mm-hmm. They,
1: right? They weren't there. There were no apologetics going on. You know and they they weren't they weren't apologetic about what they believed about Jesus, mm. but they positive and the power of of uh. and then again it gets back to that duality thing we continually it, i used to say the duality you know the Spanish throwing weapons, the bolas have you ever heard of those? It's, no. it's metal balls that are on both ends of a strap you probably oh seen yes, yes, just,
0: yes, yes, and they wrap around of, <clears throat>
1: Yeah, it yeah, yeah. wraps around, knocks you out. That's what duality is. I've written a whole chapter on that in the Jesus mood. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty good about what duality is because we get trapped in dualistic thinking without even knowing it. Mm-hmm. And to, sooner or later, whenever you're dualistic, it's going to wrap and it's going to knock you out. It's just going to, uh, whereas if, if, and what you said about preaching to the light, we're not concerned with the darkness, you know, and uh, we're not, we're not creatures of the dark. We're creatures of the light. We're, we're, we're children of the light. And, and so we light deep speaks to deep light speaks to light. And we yeah. know that Christ has lit this person when they came into the world. Yeah. So I, I think that's, that's awesome.
0: Cool. Totally. Well, our time honestly is up. I got to run, but this was fun. <laughs> so it's going to be fun to see what the next topic will be. So start tuning on that and uh, hopefully we can record again really soon. All right. Thanks. I'm just going to stop the recording, but uh, it's been a lot of fun today. Thank you. Agreed. Oh man, I hope that was encouraging to you. It was to me. Sometimes it's so good to be reminded of, call it the basics. You know, I I'm, I remember back, uh, in fact, on Sunday, I I mentioned the texts, but I didn't dig deep into it because I've dug deep into it several times. And I think it's 2 Peter 1 where there's a journey of maturity that uh, um, is being written about and it. At the very end it talks about if you have forgotten these things if you've forgotten that you are forgiven you're nearsighted or blind and have forgotten that your sins have already been forgiven so some of these basics we need to be reminded of because it's easy to forget and uh uh i, I love it anyway i hope that uh, you all have a great day howard good morning in sorrento bc it's good to see you. i'm glad you chimed in um it is our canadian thanksgiving this weekend This is our big one. We have ours uh, uh, a good month and a bit before the U.S. does, Um, and that's that's. This is just going to be our time to celebrate. Um, I hope that, uh, this week is encouraging for each of you again, if you have questions or if you have topics you want us to kind of cover, uh, send them in. Um, and then hopefully within the next couple of weeks, I'll have, uh, a little more details about a conference that we're going to do. I thought I was going to do one in November, but I can't, it's going to end up being moved to January instead. Uh, so stay tuned on that. And, uh, I look forward to being with you next time. I hope you, you all have a great week. And, uh, if you like this video, share it. We'll catch you all next time. Bye-bye.